Hey, y'all. Man, I am back from my nice hiatus from last week. So um, I want to thank Kevin and Andrew for holding down the fort that episode because it was recorded a little bit later on. And Andrew being on spring break will be released tomorrow. And Andrew's going to get this episode. So Saturday or Sunday, hopefully this one is put out into the ether. That'd be amazing. But happy to be back. Um, was in Aruba for a week. Had a great time. Minus getting food poisoning for two days. That part sucked. Sucked. Dude, that's the worst. Like on vacation and be like, oh, get sick. Held, yeah, hold, was held up in the hotel room for a full day and a half. And then by the time we got home, I finally felt better but i can say i'm probably the first person in the world to ever go on vacation and lose weight on vacation that's pretty legit that happened to my dad on our last vacation because he got sick oh, when we no. were on vacation and i got sick too it's the worst because you're just kind of like you go there you're supposed to go on vacation to relax mm-hmm. yet you freaking just died luckily i got through my sickness through the beginning of the trip and i felt better towards the end which worked because i was able to record with you guys was oh was that was that um when you went out to la last yeah last in, in january nice that was for the natty no the natty wow episode 23 we are just rocking and rolling out here for this are, season you know what's scary is we're almost is halfway scary? to finishing up season two Oh my goodness! Is this is episode seventy five overall too? Yeah, so we're we are, um, I think it's twenty nine episodes away from a full two seasons of this podcast. That's pretty epic. I'm just gonna drop this out there. Anyone that listens, and they want to sign us to a deal or sponsor this, I'm up for it. Jim. That would be amazing if you get sponsored or at least. Give us something to sponsor. We could have an ad read that we just insert somewhere here. Yeah, we can insert it at the middle of the of it at the beginning. Guys, seriously, do anything. Well, yeah, seriously, almost, almost anything. I would, lo- I would love to. I'd love that. I guess I'll have to start looking, but let's get to the fun stuff. Fun stuff so, it is. Tonight, we're going to continue the normal trends, weekly sports update, the hat, the jersey, the shirt, whatever we're wearing. We're going to talk about West Virginia basketball, sadly. Um, we're going to do a little recap of our trip to Boston, which was a very short-lived trip. Holy mother of God, we weren't even there for 24 hours. And then we're going to dive into women in sports, because yesterday... Or when this podcast comes out in the next couple of days, uh, Wednesday, March 8th was International Women's Day. So it was a huge celebration for all women across the world to show them that we appreciate what you do and what you continue to do for the people in your lives and everyone's lives. Um, so we're going to talk about our top women in sports. We're going to have some fun with it. So take back. Kick back, relax, grab a cold one, do whatever you want. Let's get the ball rolling. 
Um, so this popped when you and I were, I think we were driving, was it when we were driving back from Boston? Yes. Driving, driving back. I think literally we hit our first rest stop and then you got the news. Yeah. Derek Carr signs with the New Orleans Saints, which I think is the best spot for him. I honestly, I did think he was going to go to the Jets for a little bit. Yeah, you know what? I think, like, uh, with Derek Carr, I'm happy he took this deal just because he knew what he wanted. He didn't want to get dragged through the mud. Um, I felt like the Jets were kind of playing him, you know, you know, pressing his good buttons and everything and saying all the good stuff that he wants to hear. Uh, kind of in a in an effort if maybe the Jets didn't get their person they, that they really want and they would end up maybe trying to get him. But yeah, I'm happy for Derek Carr. I think he uh, New Orleans is a great for him, fit for him as well. And uh, we'll see what happens. I think I think he'd be successful there. I think so too. It all depends on um, does New Orleans figure out Michael Thomas and is Michael Thomas healthy? Um. I think that will play a key factor into what happens that's this season, but it's definitely a dramatic upgrade from, you know, Crab Lake, Jameis Winston, and the red dart of Andy Dalton. So that's a good thing for them. Another quarterback. Actually, we're going to talk basically all about quarterbacks in the NFL. That's all that's been happening. Um, Daniel Jones. This is the dumbest deal I've ever seen. This is so dumb. This man signed a four-year, $160 million extension with the Giants on Tuesday. He fleeced them. He legit fleeced the Giants. You are muted, Kevin. I mean, it's very interesting for sure. I definitely didn't think he was worth that 160, I think, isn't a hundred of it guaranteed. All right. So let's my buddy Jeff, who is on the podcast, he's a huge Giants fan. He actually sent me um the breakdown of the contract. So a signing bonus of 30 of was guaranteed at the at signing of 36 million. So he gets 36 million. Uh I don't think he gets this the contract doesn't start until the new um new NFL year, which is next Tuesday. So I think okay. that's when he'll he'll get his big old chunk of change. And Danny Dimes, you can there's a lot of people in New York in the Jersey area that would love a little bit. Just a thousand bucks. Just saying. Just saying. Um his base salary for next season is nine point five million. There's a workout bonus of five hundred thousand, which is fully guaranteed. Now, this is all fully guaranteed money right here. Um, and then in two thousand twenty-four, his salary almost quadruples. So he goes from nine point five to thirty-five point five million dollars guaranteed. So there's forty-five million dollars guaranteed right there, with another five hundred thousand dollar workout bonus. So. You're sitting right around that forty-six million guaranteed um, base salary of twenty in twenty twenty-five is thirty million. 
now, 23 of which is guaranteed for injury at signing, and 12 million of which converts to fully guaranteed at the start of the 2024 regular league year. I don't really understand how that works because I don't know contracts, but it's still a lot of money. Still another $500,000 for his workout bonus. 2026 off-season roster bonus of a million dollars due at the start of the league year. So they have a clause, basically. If he sucks and reverts back to the Danny Dimes that we're all used to and probably will be for the foreseeable future, he can be cut after year three. And no money is left to be guaranteed on the deal. There's no money left owed to him. Um, This is where you see the big salary, $46 million. This is not guaranteed money in 2026. So they can walk away from him. Still get the roster bonus and workout bonus. Um, The deal is a value of $160 million over four years, which with a caveat mentioned below. The deal has $82 million fully guaranteed at signing. So he's walking away with $82 million of the Giants money straight up next Tuesday. Or if you want to break it down correctly, each year he's going to get a bunch of money. Um, And the practical guarantee, which is extra roster bonuses, all that, is 94 million. The contract also includes 70 million dollars available for incentives with a maximum payout of 35 million. Jones will earn 1 million in in incentives and 1 million escalator in each year for being a top 15 quarterback. <laughs> That's funny. Top 15. They should have put top 10 just to see if you can do it. Um, he can earn $1.5 million in incentive and $1.5 million as escalator in each year being a top 10. Oh, my God. This man is never going to make this money. He can earn another $1.5 million of incentives and $1.5 million escalator in each year for being a top five. So if he gets into the top 10, he gets $1.5. He gets about $3 million for that. If he gets in the top five, he'll get $6 million. That's $4 million in incentives and $4 million escalators if he's a top five quarterback in any given season. This man is why. He also has playoff incentives at up to $5 million in incentives and $5 million escalators. Uh, if Jones performs as in 2023 as he did in 2022, he will earn another $1.75 million in incentives and escalators. My God, annual salary. All right, so at the same level over the life of the contract, he'll earn $12.25 million of the value available, $35 million, pushing the total value to $172.25 million, an average of $43.06 million. I got nothing. I got nothing. Well, Merritt, you I hope Danny Jones doesn't hit those numbers so you don't become a meme sake and eat those words. I uh I don't know. I mean, 
It's, I've, it's funny because they decided to give Jones the money and Saquon a franchise tag. I would have hoped that they would have given him a little bit more, given some Saquon some money or at least give him a deal. But, I mean, I get it. Saquon needs to be healthy. Danny Jones, you know, he exploded this this season like we never have ever expected, ever. Uh, even a lot of Giant fans that I know were, all, were also surprised. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if they can continue – to build around him during free agency. They do, they, you know, last year's draft, they drafted correctly. If they continue that, I mean, top 15 doesn't sound that wild, but I don't know. I, I do agree. Like you said, it's, I never ever thought that I would hear the words Daniel Jones plus $160 million for three, for however many seasons he got him for, uh, I, I well I'm here as a patient football fan. I'm curious to see what the Giants see in him. Um fingers crossed for no bad injury, because that it's pretty much gonna be over like that. But and the crazy part is with the Saquon thing, it is not um uh, it's the same as Lamar Jackson's. So he can go talk to any other team. So there's no restriction on his franchise tag. Because typically, you'd sign that can't that that player to a franchise tag to make sure that he's on your team for the next year, so you can try to work out a contract extension or or something. No, not this one. He's allowed to go, say the Buffalo Bills, and be like, "Hey, what can you give me? You can give me fifteen, twelve million, fifteen million dollars a year as a running back." over six year uh, you know six year deal four year deal five year deal whatever it is he can go back to the giants and then the giants can try to match it and if they don't he's gone yeah it's crazy absolute madness but let's talk about right now probably our favorite quarterback in the nfl because he balled out and he was a gunslinger at west virginia gino made bank yep Hundred and three million, five million, five million dollar deal over three years. I, I like think. that. I like that. Honestly, he's kind of set. Like he, he'll be able to make his money, and you know, even if he didn't want to be a backup anymore, he's been in the league for what ten plus years already. Yeah, he, they, they said his career earnings so far is like seventeen million. He's making thirty five. I think his guaranteed money is like. 53 million on the deal. He set himself for life and it's well deserved. Yeah. Good for you, Gino. You'll yes. probably never hear us say this, but congratulations. Happy to see you be successful. And I, I read a quote today, um, this afternoon. He came out and said, if the Seahawks draft the quarterback, like they everyone keeps predicting that they're going to in the first round or at some point in the draft, Gino said, I will step up. And I will be a leader. I'll show him the ropes. I'm not going to just bash the person that's potentially could take my spot. Because that's not how anyone did it to me. Not going to do it to them. So even better. Hats off to you for doing that. That's a, a very good thing to see. Yeah, people wrote him off. He didn't write back. And look at that. They decided to write him $105 million. Shout out to Gino. Uh, well-deserved. 
uh, one of our W football alumni still thriving in the NFL. So, and that's, that's cool because it's someone that we went to school with. So kudos to him. That is very true. I, f- I always forget where you went to school with so many great athletes. It's crazy. Yeah, we for- it's, it's the perks. It's the perks. Um, it's probably the, and I've read about it. It's the most awkward retirement I've ever heard of in my life. Jim Beheim, after the loss to Wake Forest yesterday in the ACC tournament, said that he was done. There's no fanfare. There was no farewell tour. There was nothing. This man spent 47 years as the older than end. us. Yeah. Older than us as of the coach for Syracuse. And just like that, crazy. And they are replacing him with his head assistant, Adrian Autry. Autry, however you say his last name. Not, um, I'm surprised not McNamara. How long has McNamara been there? He's been there for a couple of seasons. Two or three, I yeah. guess. But, you know, like I the only reason I would have thought it would be Jerry McNamara it's just because the way this generation is right now is they would like to be coached by their favorite their favorite their favorite players. And That's true. It's kind of like the way the NBA is. Like you're right now, we're in the age of the NBA where the people we grew up watching playing on the court are now the guys that are the head coaches in the league. Thinking about it like Jason Kidd, Chauncey Billups. Guys like Monty Williams was a role player, Willie Green, uh, the list of uh, Jane, the the list goes on and on and on. So, very interesting. But I'm how long is this Audrey guy? He has he been with Beheim? I don't know. I I haven't really done a ton of research because it's it's Syracuse. I don't really pay too much attention attention unless it's a lacrosse team. <laughs> to be honest, I used to be a huge Syracuse basketball fan when it was, when it was the Mellow days. No, um, of course, everybody loved Mellow Mellow at Syracuse. But that's it. Um, it is interesting. Well, it is sad though to see another great coaching icon leave. Yeah, and you know what's funny? I I, I draw the question back. Uh, maybe. Because I I kept hearing like a lot of speculation because I knew because I think his contract was coming up too right like within a year or so. Yeah, I think he had a year left. I think his his contract similar to Huggies where he, they have a year they had a year left. So I I, I kind of question maybe with everything going on in college athletics maybe he just decided, eh, I'm kind of done with this. Enough's I, enough. I, I, enough's enough. Yeah, because I look at it. Think about within the last two years who. Coaches that are no longer coaching. You talk about Jay Wright at Villanova. You know, Shashevsky is gone. Roy Williams from UNC is gone. You know, Bayheim is now gone. Like, he, those were like the pillars of college basketball, as in the coaching elite for college basketball. So mm-hmm. it's, it, it may, it begs to wonder maybe, maybe some things were going on that we didn't know about behind the scenes at Syracuse, or that there's things that, he couldn't control and needed and just wasn't working out. Because as we all know, we talked about it all the time on this podcast, Merrick, this is a different age of the college athlete. It's mm-hmm. completely different on how you have to recruit, on how you have to 
not only recruit players to come to your team, you have to re-recruit the players that are on your team. So it begs the differ. It's sad, but Jim Bayheim, I'm pretty sure, isn't he one of like the one of the winningest coaches in so, college basketball right now? Up until yesterday, at three o'clock in the afternoon when he retired, he was the win winningest active coach yes. in college basketball. Kevin, do you know who now is the winning active coach in college basketball? Why isn't it our favorite coach at West Huggy. Virginia? Huggins. 934 Amazing. wins. Yeah, so what would I'm curious how much more Huggins would have to coach to reach like the top wins. Who has the most wins all time? Isn't it Shashevsky? Uh, I think maybe. I think you're right. I hope I'm right. Yeah, I'm Coach right. K has 1,200 wins. <laughs> oh, man. But it's funny because eh, that's a, what, another 10 seasons? So, Huggins, this, this list isn't updated yet. Um... That's funny. Glenn Robinson has 960 something wins. He was over at Marsh Frank Franklin and Marshall, um, which I think is a D3 school. Yeah, what's what what schools are you? I was like, who the hell is yeah, that's that a D list. it's a D so it's just all active like coaches with over like certain amount of wins. Um this I have one from the 2022, but that's too inaccurate. Yeah, Huggins has more wins than Jim Calhoun. Bayheim had over a thousand wins. So okay. say Huggy averages twenty wins a season. Twenty wins a season. That's no, he ain't gonna last. He's not gonna make that. Twenty wins a season. You no, because he's at nine thirty four right now. 934 probably gets one or two more wins at end at 936. Plus, uh, say say he coaches for another six, uh, another three years, right? And he wins 20 games each year. So 60 games. So he's at 994. He's still behind Bayheim. Mm, okay. He, he would have in D1 history the third most ever. Which is still pretty awesome. That's that's fantastic. You know what's crazy is looking at this list and going, huh, where's Wooden? Uh, John Wooden is like so far down the list of how many wins. <laughs> like, uh, Rick Patino could potentially catch him depending on how long he wants to coach for. Gotcha. That's crazy. Look at that. Yeah, Wooden has only had 664 wins. Yet he won so much. Yeah, it's crazy. He was at almost at UCLA for 30 years. He only coached for 29 seasons. Then he gave it up. Then he finished. Then he was well, done. Good for, well, good for him, though. Jay Wright retired with 642 wins. I still don't know how we think Jay Wright is like 
this amazing coach. I think he's an amazing, I think he is a great coach. I just, everyone talks to him, talks about him being like this upper echelons, <laughs> but Villanova was, was okay. Never fantastic until the tail end of his career there. Then he started having really good recruits, really good players. They won what two natties in like a three or four year span. So, oh, look at that. Steve Stan Spiro, guy from New Southern New Hampshire University, coached them for 33 years and had 640 victories. Good for you. Good. Let's go, Stan. Shout out to Stan. He was a hard ass. <laughs> nice guy, though. All right, enough of that. Uh, <laughs> John Morant, I don't know. What did you guys talk about last week? Because I saw that's in the notes. You guys talked about the whole jaw situation, but what we did you guys talk about? We talked about how pretty much the whole deal where his his mom got to argument with somebody at a damn finish line, then he came back with like nine heads to back him up. Then we talked about the whole incident with the Pacers. That's where a new one. Out, the... the Pacers with the with the pointing, and they got one of the entourages like now banned from that arena because they were thinking that the laser was pointed like from a gun. And then now the whole jaw deal with the gun while in like in on his Instagram, it's going crazy. Uh, but I guess. For those that don't know, uh, I guess he's not being charged with anything in Arizona because one of the things that I know I kept hearing that they were talking about was did he have the gun in possession when he was on, like, team premises? Because I heard that if he travels with, like, a firearm, that's like a $50,000 fine. Right. So that – so what happens with that, one – He's not being charged in Arizona because they don't have enough evidence to show what that was. That we all know it is a is a handgun in the video, um, but they don't have enough physical evidence to what occurred. Um, and if he say he did travel with the gun, that's a violation of NBA rules and regulations yep. and team rules. Um. So if they come to find that he did travel with that, with the pistol or handgun, whatever it was, um, you could see him being suspended for a very long time. Um, you and I talked about on the way up to Boston. This man needs to really take the next, I'd say you're taking the next six months seven months to figure yourself out. I don't think you're coming back and playing this, this season. I, I think he should do the right thing of just stepping away from the team for the time being and try to figure out who he is because he's not this gangster. He's not this thug that he's portraying. You know, if you look up John Morant comes from a very good household, went to a very nice high school, went, he went and played at, Murray State. Murray State, thank you. A reputable, lower-level D1 school. 
I don't understand some of the things that are happening. I really, I hope he does his himself the right thing of decreasing his group that's around him and those influences that are there um, and just focuses in on him and getting himself health himself healthy uh, at the end of the day. That's the biggest thing though. I did see a great clip. They asked uh, Plexico Burris about handguns. Oh God. And he goes, if Ja wants to learn from somebody, learn from me. And that was his quote. If you guys don't remember, Plexico Burris decided Classic. to have a handgun in a New York strip club and the gun slid out of his pocket or down his pant leg and he it somehow the trigger got pulled. He lied about it. Come to find out what it was. He did he had he signed his huge contract extension or was he supposed no, to No, he sign? just signed it. Yeah. And I think I don't remember if they just pulled the deal or something. They did something where he didn't get a bunch of the money. Mm -hmm. um, but that could happen here. And, you know, Jaws lucky. He hit, no one's gotten hurt yet. In this whole situation. I mean, other than that 17 year old kid that he right. for Besides some reason had a fight at a pickup game, which again, doesn't make any sense. No, but, um, you know, the, the one thing that when I think about Jaws, like, uh, and I heard it on an up in smoke little clip from Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes, where oh, Rachel yeah. asked about asked about Jaws situation, and they all said that he needs to make sure and make right decisions and in the betterment of himself. If those friends of his really truly care about Ja and they want to make sure that he uh, keeps his money and makes his money to allow them to live a lavish as of a life that they're currently living through him. They need to make sure that Ja is taken care of. Yeah. And if that means separating from some individuals, because, and I, I forgot which who made, I think it was Matt Barnes, you know, in life, there are people in which, or friends that you have met or have been friends with for a long time in which, you have reached their level with them. Like friends are in levels. Yep. Um, I'm sure you and I have had similar situations with that. It just happens in life. And if that means that Ja, as he's maturing and, you know, be a more pronounced star in the NBA, you know, he literally just had a releasing of a signature shoe with the number one sporting company for Nike. If he is going to, you know, continue to flourish in his career. So he's going to have to make some decisions. Hopefully he makes the right ones <coughs> because he's too good of a player, too much of a star uh, for him to be making these crazy decisions. So time will tell. They said that he's going to make a, a minimum of six games. Maybe yeah. he needs more. Uh, Merritt, you feel the whole season – Maybe he just needs uh, yeah. time away. Maybe he needs some therapy. Maybe who I don't. I, I'll be honest. I don't think I agree with an entire season. No, I mean, I mean the rest of this season. Like I'm saying, there's a month left. Yeah. Focus on you, and then start really diving into what could be the realm of these issues throughout the next couple of months. I, I want him to, I want him to be back playing the sport that 
he's extremely well gifted at. Oh, yeah. But it's like all the other people have said. You've got to put yourself first. You've got to do the work. You've got to get better. And you've got to see who's in that friend group. You know? Yeah. So just, just got to be better, Ja. Be and better. Then, and then let's just throw this out there because it, I feel like everyone in the sports world is talking about it. Aaron Rodgers is potentially going to the Jets. No idea when or if that will happen. Um, that is still the, the rumor, but the Jets are apparently super optimistic that they're going to be able to trade for Aaron Rodgers and his $50 million a year contract. We shall see. We shall see. <laughs> um, well, let's talk West Virginia basketball real quick. Nothing to report football-wise because it's just that time of year. It's very quiet. Um, so, Well, so, hold on. Well, yes, the oh, combine. Yeah, combine. combine. Bryce Ford Whedon putting up yeah. numbers that as good as DK Metcalf. Dante Sills showing out well. Just kind of shows that we didn't do the best for them, in my no. opinion. And you know what's funny? Because I read an, um, a quote, someone, I don't know who said it, but they were talking about uh, Will Levis, the quarterback from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. They were saying if he went to an Alabama or Ohio State, he'd be the number one quarterback. That's it. We all need to get off this high horse that oh, it's because these players are good. No, a lot of these players get drafted because of the school that they went to. Yes, they are freakishly great at this one sport. <coughs> Excuse me. But also it's because of the school. You know, I, I tried to look up a bunch of information on Bryce Ford Wheaton during the combine. And all it was is saying nothing. They, they, they're talking about guys who are running slower, that have less, that are not as good at the combine than Bryce. And they're getting all this the accolades. So I hope both of them get drafted. And I both hope I hope both of them just prove people wrong and just crush it. So mm-hmm. um, but basketball, they won on senior day. That's that was big. Uh they beat Kansas State. So we can always beat ranked teams, which is ridiculous. Can't beat a goddamn lower level seeded team. Um then yesterday they beat Texas Tech, who had no head coach, um, and then they lost to Kansas today by seventeen. Who yeah. also had no head coach, and they will not have a head coach because he's out. Yeah, apparently he had a heart attack. He had a heart attack. Yeah, that's oh, all the. That's what all the reports are saying right now. That there, he had a potential heart attack. All I, they weren't saying what happened. Um, they were saying medical condition. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. So uh, definitely kind of scary. Well, uh, Bill hopefully, Self. Bill Self is all right. But yeah. you know, for our Mountaineers, we. I think we did what we needed to do, and they're going to get into the tourney. Where? I don't know where. I keep hearing an 11 seed. I keep hearing a 9 seed. Uh, I'm just – I'd be excited as long as we're able to see them in the tournament. 
because that's why we love March to just follow our team. And I don't know if it's just a matter of us staying hot. If we can't stay hot, we'll be out in the first game. If we can string together some streaks from our players, we'll, who knows, we can make it to Sweet 16. That's how mysterious our team is. Right now, according to the great Joe Lenardi. Shout out to Lenardi. They have West Virginia as a nine seed. Look at Kevin knowing his numbers. Going up against. Amazing. The Illini, the fighting Illini of Illinois Mm. in the south bracket, which would then have them face off against the winner of Alabama and Northern Kentucky. Oof. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. We we can. I'm excited to be able to see where we land. I would assume we're going to land somewhere if we don't make the tournament. That would be talk about the biggest highway robbery ever. But want to go to Albany? Oh, see, you could see UConn play or Iowa State or Roberts or Iona is what the predictions are. Ooh, well, you know what? I feel like we should have a bracket like thing when they release and talk about it. Andrew, Sunday bracket stuff. Let's go. I'm available Sunday. Okay. Send the text message. I'll send the text message. Because I'll forget. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, this was just updated to as of 8 p.m. tonight. Um. They think the first four out, Arizona State, Nevada, North Carolina, Wisconsin. The next four, Michigan, Clemson, Oregon, Vandy. The last four in, Penn State, Oklahoma State, Rutgers, Utah State. Man. Shout out to Rutgers, last four in. Uh, Did you see Georgetown fire Patrick Ewing? Well, come on. sucked. Anybody for two seasons and you only get thirteen wins, you deserve to be fired. I see. If I can be there for six years, if I can be truly honest, I picture more Patrick Ewing as a coach in the NBA, not uh, college basketball. That's just me. Yeah, he needs to go back to the bench in in Orlando and just chill. I feel like he. I I always thought he was a great like. Assistant coach. He's a great big man coach. Teaching yeah. you guys that. Um, well, Kevin, let's dive into the fun part of the episode. <gasps> what jersey do you have on? Because that is not an NBA logo. So I'm wearing a jersey that I spent the last five minutes trying to dig for it in honor of today's episode. Let me see. It. Let me see if it barely fits over my body. That's the but... old logo, too. Yes, this is New York Liberty. Can you guess the player? God, no. no you're I'm not s- even going to try. Tina Charles? Give you, that's a good guess. She actually did wear this number, but this is not her. This is number 25, coach of the Las Vegas Aces, Becky Hammond. Hammond. Oh, nice. Because, which goes into why I wore this. She is one of my favorite players when I was younger and growing up. So she is one of my top five favorite female athletes 
because she crushed it. You know, complete underdog from Colorado State. They never gave her a chance. Uh, she had to work for everything. You know, rocked with the Liberty, helped out with those finals years uh, when they were, went up against Cheryl Swoops and the Houston Comets. You know, a head scorer for some time with the Liberty until she moved to Sac- uh, San Antonio with the Silver Stars, signed with the Silver Stars, got them to the finals. Never won a championship as a player, but this past season, winning one as a coach for the Aces, uh, really, really awesome. Warms my heart, and I'm really excited that I found this and that it still can fit over my body. I'm looking at the uh, Liberty schedule. I don't even, I don't even see them playing the Aces. It's sometime in like August. Oh, they're. In uh, Nevada. Oh, they play them August 6th. In, Sunday. In, in New York. All right, so does that mean I need to request off that day? Mm, there's a lot of games. There's a... I just forget how long this is. Their season starts in May. And May course, 21st is the first game. And, of they course... Open, open up against Indiana Fever. I've seen... So, you know what's hilarious? I've seen, like... Three WNBA games live. Two of them were against the Fever. So you're telling me we don't go see the Fever, but Please. I have seen the Mercury. The Mercury are really good. Um, Mercury are, are fire, and because Diana Rossi is a goat, I would love to see her play again. Um, well, I love it. I am wearing my new hat that we bought when we were up in Boston. Um, very appropriate. Yes, very appropriate. So this hat it was created. With the Celtics' new city edition jersey, um, which you have when you bought with me. Yep, I do have that too. Um, to commemorate the passing of Bill Russell, so it is it is his number in the middle, and then eleven diamonds, showing the eleven championships that he won. I'm still so mad at I that the jersey was a small. Honestly, I, me too. Because it's I can't even find them on websites. No, you can't. It's impossible to find the jersey. If I find a jersey, Merritt, oh I will let you know. Please, if you find one in your in your like mad searches that you do, please just call me. I will I'll drop just, everything. I'll just buy it for you for your birthday. Oh, you're the sweetest human being in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Well, let's recap our trip to Boston. Um, you know, that video hopefully will be out shortly. Um, you guys can enjoy my crazy driving to get from Long Island, New York to Boston in three and a half hours. And I didn't fall asleep at all during that yeah. ride. Or, oh no, you did fall asleep on the way back. I fell asleep. I, fell, I couldn't take it anymore. I fell asleep towards the end because if I didn't snooze a little, I yeah, definitely would have been falling asleep driving home. You got home early. You got home in a pretty good time, too. So remember when you told me there was like, oh, yeah, you're about to pass all this traffic? There was none. I found there was a whole other way that Google directed me to avoid that, and I saved like nine minutes. Nice. Yes. I felt super fancy. Who's winning behind you, by the way? Um, I think Virginia won. Okay, shout out to Virginia. Fuck, I hate Virginia. I know. Um, but yeah, but go ahead. That was Boston fun. trip was incredible. That it, we had a hell of a time. I would, ha- I would definitely have to say, if like we want to do that again, we need to actually like stay longer than 
like 21 hours. I would say at least two days, two nights yeah. of sleeping there. Like that's because I remember I got home from that. And then I just remember I was like the time I was like, and we just got I like just like waking up 4 a.m. 4 a.m. to get to you for like five, like seven thirty. Yeah. And then to realize, like, oh my god, we have like the four hours. And then, but honestly, I enjoyed everything that we did in Boston. Yeah, we I... went around. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the Newberry Comic Store when we were there. Um, that was a lot of fun because I'm an inner nerd, so like seeing all the fun pops and seeing all the comic books is a lot of fun for me. And uh huh. Yes, your Cubone that I absolutely convinced you to get. Uh, so sorry, Ashley. If I did tell my, pop, I did tell my wife that it was your idea, and she goes, "Of course, these things happen when you're with Kevin." <laughs> I just yes. started laughing. It's all. It's really funny. Everybody goes. Everyone is gonna end up buying some, and I see more of your pops behind you. I was gonna ask, who are they? A bunch of um Marvel ones. I have. On this shelf where the boxes are, there's are two Jordans and a Larry Bird. Okay. Um, I have a bunch of Jack Skellington ones. Okay. Uh, do you have a theme of like what you like to collect pop wise? Like I have I friends that are do, like. I used to just do Marvel. Um, okay. But now it's just like whichever ones I like. Like I love these two, okay. mainly because it's White Man Can't Jump. Okay. And then cool. I have the Oregon Duck. That's actually that's awesome. Yeah, and then I have a bunch of Deadpool ones. Um, I see Deadpool, Ice, Group. Okay. Yeah, there's a who's that? Who's the one all the way that's like he has like a the face? Do you have White Man Can't Jump? Yeah, who's that guy? That's um, Conchu from Moon Knight. Okay, Marvel. Nice. All yeah. right. So I now have other ideas to get gifts for. Your I'm, birthday or podcast anniversary. I am working on trying to find myself because my buddy bought it. They do like a 10 inch tall one. Oh. And I'm trying to find that. I found the, the Michael Jordan one and I didn't buy it. Now I'm like on the hunt to try to find the big Jordan one and put it in here somewhere. Nice. And that'll probably end me for a little bit of mm -hmm. adding to the collection. But um, yeah, yes, it's fun. The, the, the pop that you have me is gracefully shining on top of my shoe collection uh rocking out displayed so oh yeah that also, is, the stan lee one way is way at the top you can't see it i i think i see the bottom of him yeah you can see there's a spider-man one nice and then a stan lee so it's like yeah iconic those see, two together if, if once i move out doing a collection like that would probably be my next vice because of the fact I love to collect. So yeah. like my like I watch this podcast, the major wrestling figure podcast, and the dream would be to get back the old bone crunching action wrestling figures I played with when I was younger. And I would just have them framed on the wall. And I would have loved to do pops, but there is just so much pops that I would be too overwhelmed. Like, well, for because obviously I'm a sports fan. I am a huge uh, wrestling nerd. I am a huge 
of icon of pop culture. So I know they have like all five members of the Backstreet Boys, all five members of NSYNC. I would totally try and get those pops. So that's just until further notice, I would ever start a pop unless somebody got me one for Christmas. But I, I can't, I would not start buying any pops until, until I'm like out of this house. Or when your parents leave the house. Either or. So, but because then this room can, I can turn it. Now use all the shelves behind me and put all the pops there. Oh my God. Um, But to continue with the Boston stuff, my team is sliding. They won the other night, which is great. Um, and my team lost the other night. Hilarious. Thank God. Thank God. I'm, I, you know what? You say that. And I'm actually like, I actually, I'm okay with that because they need to get used to losing. Cause if they get into a series, they're going to lose a yeah. game or two. So I'm, I'm happy with this. You're never happy with a losing streak. You never want your team to lose. Mm-hmm. Is there some concerns with the Celtics? Yes. Because something, their swagger changed after the All Star break, and that happens to a lot of teams. We can point out a couple years ago, the Bucks did the exact same thing; they mm-hmm. lost a bunch of games in a row. Um, I think they're going to get it figured out, and they're going to get back to their normal routine of crushing it, living and dying by the three, all that fun stuff. Um, they're on a big West Coast road trip. Started. They left last night after the Portland game, I believe. Um, so they have a bunch of games in the next week and a half. Mm-hmm. So go out, do well there. I think we're, we're going to be fine. We're, you know, two games. And also remember, we're like, a game and a half behind the Bucks. I think so. Something like that. But also remember, you had two key role players missing from your game. You didn't have the Time Lord playing. And, and you didn't have Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon playing. So, like, I look at that as an anomaly. And also the Knicks, as the reason I was so impressed, is we did that with, all without Jalen Brunson. And Emmanuel quickly decided to go off for a career-high 38. I can honestly say that was probably – that game would probably be the most stress-level game I've ever been to in my life. And I've gone oh to so God. many basketball games professionally. Uh, I can not – say there's another game where I have just like it was just a roller coaster of emotions the entire time. No, I can agree. That was a straight roller coaster all yeah. the way till the end. Yeah, the um, last time I felt that probably could have been against which was a, coincidentally against your Celtics. Yeah. I used to have like season tickets with the Nets and I just remember Paul Pierce hitting a jumper in the left corner for the win. And the Celtics won. And I was like, oh, that sucks. No, that's but, an awesome thing. Celtics winning is a good thing. But yeah, I mean, and shout out to the TD Garden. Shout out. We hung out at Banners and hung out with some Nick fans. Shout out yeah. to them for letting me know that if somebody were to mess with me, that they would protect me. But you were uh, wearing with, Celtics gear, so you are fine. Yeah, I wore Celtics gear because I agree with you. I was going to get made fun of. And it's funny. I went to a lot... When people ask me, did you wear your Knicks gear there? They go, I go, no, I wore green. And they go, okay, good. Because honestly, I would be very worried about you if you wore your Knicks gear there. Oh, my God. We're not horrible. The only thing I have to say is anyone that listened, 
that works for the Boston Garden or something. Make the seats bigger. Please. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm six foot four. I could not sit in a seat. Like, I'm on a, like, Kevin and I are not small people. Yeah, we are not. And we were not sitting next to small people either. Yeah. Like, I had to sit like this the whole game. You were like that. I was either like this. You're yeah. You're you're like sucked back. I was sucked back because I needed to give you room because if we you and I were both sitting forward, then like we were just stuck there. But I was in the front. I was in the middle of so like there was the moment I was sucked back and you were leaning forward, and there was a the part where where you were leaning forward. The lady next to me was sucked back, so I was kind of in this middle position, and I'm like. Fuck, I don't know what to do. I'm holding my freaking monster that I'm drinking so I can make sure I'm not falling asleep during the game. And I'm also trying to record content with one hand. So, Andrew, if some of my uh, videos are a little shaky, I apologize. But, yeah, TD Garden, come on, man. Those upper-level seats are, uh, they're the worst. Like, they're too tight. I, I I'm almost willing to be like, if I have to, I'll spend a couple more more bucks to have a little bit bigger of a seat because that one was yep. too tight. Too Go tight. Go sit lower. Done. Done. Upstairs. Either lower or I'd love to try that. Uh, what's it called? The rafters. Ooh, yeah, that's true. We if there's a decent deal on the rafters, merit, I would. I'm a hundred percent in. Let's just see. Rafters premium ticket sales. Oh, marriage about to check pricing. But other than that, so what else do we do in Boston? We went around, did a little shopping. Did some uh, shop shop. Yeah, because you know that's what Merritt does whenever he's with Kevin. We just shop it up. It just that's the way it goes. That is very true. That that's is what we legit do. All we do. Um, got some food. We ate at Witch Witch, which was cool. Ooh, I definitely so think good. if we if we go back to Boston do another Boston trip, Merritt, we should like explore like other food things too. I'm totally down for that. Oh yeah, if we had the time to do it, we were going to go to a, a couple other places, but we didn't really have um the time because we wanted to get to back to the hotel. Yeah, and change out. and then out. So yeah, we'll 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 better plan next time. Uh, we got to drive around. We drove past Fenway, drove past the practice facilities, which you will see in our We Out Here series when it drops. Um, it was a fun packed 24 hours. Mary, you're looking at the prices and you're probably saying, huh, not that bad. Yep. Yep. It would have been $80 more per ticket. Oh. 150 bucks. Oh, Merritt, that's that's in. That's literally what normally I spend just a little more than our bridge tickets at the garden. So if that's an option, I'm in. I'm definitely doing that next time. I'm not sitting with the I almost want to say the, the peasants, but I can't say that. <laughs> no, it's okay. You can. You can. It's totally um, fine. All right. Well, let's get to the juice of the episode. I'm yeah. sure we've already talked about the juice of the episode. Um, but Talk about women in sports. Um, you know, the idea again is to celebrate these women that 
Kevin and I see as top of their game or or they may not even be top of their game, but they changed something within the sport, did something, anything along those lines. Um, so Kevin, or take we it away. just like them, like them as athletes too. Yeah. So I figured too. we'll just go back and forth. You name your first one, and then I will name my second one okay. or first one as well. So Merritt, you go ahead and start off first. Uh, I'm going to start off with the GOAT of tennis, uh, Miss Serena Williams. Not for the simple fact that she is a phenomenal tennis player, because she is, um, but for what she did has done off the court, especially since she had her daughter. I gained so much more respect for her as a human being. I, I'm not saying that I don't have any respect for her, but more. Um because she started putting family first. She put, you know, business opportunities with her husband there and helping other individuals. Um, so I love it. I, I think she's phenomenal at what she does. I, I wish she could come back and play tennis some more. Sounds like she might. She never closed the door officially. Um, but we'll see. I'm excited to see what she does next, though, for sure. Yeah, uh, so Serena is also my number one athlete as well. Uh, when you talk about greatest athletes ever, super uh, Serena Williams is one of the greatest athletes ever, male, female. She is absolutely incredible. So she is my uh number, my number one. All right. So who's next for you? Because you are typing. Okay, you've got a list. Yeah, well, I have this list because I thought I didn't know you were going to go category like this. So now I'm going category. I just did it that way. Yeah, people. So thought of for for me, uh, for basketball, like Sue Bird, Becky Hammond, Diane Taurasi. I grew up watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I look at whenever I think of women's sports, I think of UConn basketball, and I just think of early 2000s, how dominant Sue Bird was for UConn, and same with Diana Taurasi, winning championship after championship. They've done it in their pro careers. And then, of course, I talked about her already, Becky Hammond. She's a local girl for me, watching it on TV and absolutely crushing it for the Liberty. And now she was part of Greg Popovich's coaching tree. Uh, someone that Greg Popovich was like, I didn't hire her to try to make some statement about equality. She was the best, best person candidate. qualified to be hired. So having Greg Popovich, the Greg Popovich coaching tree under her, taking instead of taking an NBA assistant coaching job elsewhere, she got her money to go ahead and be a head ball coach for the Aces, got her first championship in her first year. So that is Diatrasi for me. Love it. Um, I've got Sue Bird because of the name. Um, what she has done, what she has she did for the sport of uh women's basketball. Um you know, you don't think you have the WNBA like it is now without Sue Bird, Diana Trossi, Lisa Leslie, um Tina Charles, a lot of those women that came before what we see today. Um, another one that I, I've truly loved her since she was at Delaware. Um, 
Diane Deladon. I think she's phenomenal. Now, the thing with with her, the reason one of the biggest reasons I I like her a lot is she has a sister that has um a mental disorder. Uh mental um I'm I'm trying I don't want to say the the wrong word. Um where she is not able to function properly within society. Um, she has a, a form, I believe, of up-down syndrome, I believe. I want to make sure I do this right. Um, uh, she has a cerebral palsy. Cerebral palsy. So she cannot move. Autism. Uh, she was born deaf and blind and unable to speak. Yep. So... She's unable to move on her own. Um, Elena was offered a full ride scholarship to UConn. Number one player of the year that year. You know what she said? No. She originally she said. She did come. She did go. And then she could not stay away from her sister and her family for that long. Um, her and her sister have an amazing bond. And she moved back home and went to the University of Delaware. If you look at any, so now she's a won a championship in the WNBA. It's been one of the faces of U.S. basketball for years. Um, I believe she had her first child. Her and her wife had their first child. Um, but she has a, a sneaker deal with Nike, and I'm 100% buying a pair of her shoes. I, I want to. Um, they're all fly ease. Mm-hmm. And she got with Nike to make these types of shoes because of her sister. Make it easy for her sister to take her own shoes and socks off, her own shoes off if needed. Um, so I, I love that. I, you know, my mom is a special education teacher, so that hits home for me big time. But yeah, I definitely have to say those are my two for things categorize them and sports wise is basketball those two for sure love that uh so my third section uh so i kind of had a list great um i she is one of my favorite athletes i've grown to love just because i love her swagger uh it's megan rapino um i just you know if any of you have not watched the documentary on hbo lfg which stands for let's fucking go. You know, you definitely should. You know, it's about the USA women's soccer team fighting for the rights of equal pay. And, you know, just the women deserved to be paid equally for what they've done. You know, there is a, a chart in there that said that what the women had to do just to equate to what the men's had. And the, the statistics were by far more were harder than what the men had to do to reach the same. Um, she's she's no nonsense. She's also ma- uh, married to Sue Bird, who is one of my favorite players ever. And I just love her personality. One of my favorite things in which I actually found, maybe I'll wear it on one of these other podcasts, is they, Sue Bird and Megan Rapino did a little type of podcast type mm-hmm. episode on Instagram 
during the pandemic called a touch more where they would just go on Instagram live. They'd talk some stuff. They would maybe bring on a guest to interview, maybe sing karaoke while drinking their favorite Moscow mules. So yeah, that's my third one, which is Maggie Rapino. Um, I, I think I listened to an interview with Megan and Sue because Sue Bird never was big into soccer. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> she said that Megan is still, when she was watching the World Cup this past Christmas time, was like yelling up in the TV, screaming. And she was like, yeah, I was like trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And she goes, I finally got into it. And I understood why she was yelling so much. <laughs> Although that's great. Um, my next one is Alex Morgan of the USA women's soccer team. Um, she's been a force of reckoning for that team for years now. You know, Meg Rapino, of course, phenomenal athlete. Alex Morgan, same thing. Um, I don't know. I just, the women that I picked, yes, they might be the top of the echelons in what their sport is, but they have gone above and beyond sports. You know, Alex Morgan was one of the ones that pushed for the equal pay. She was basically going to say, I'm done. I'm not going to play anymore. I'm not coming back. Um, so I love that. I like the the fire. I love the tenacity. I love the fact that she had the wherewithal to understand we're not on equal playing field. And this isn't fair. We, we're winning. We're winning World Cup after World Cup after World Cup. The guys haven't won a World Cup ever actually yeah no never they've won like six these I think women, it's at least five yeah probably gonna be six soon i want to look it up while merrick is looking it up one shout out to us recording on a thursday two three all right, so they've won it four times. They have four Olympic gold medals as well as nine Concafa, uh, Concafa World Goal, uh, Gold Cups. Okay. All the CONCACAF? Yeah. Yeah, so they're really good, and our men's team sucks. Well, let's not completely bury the men under the bus. They are definitely improving but they are no they are, longer the stature of our ladies oh, yeah. correct no, no, no. they have definitely improved i will 100 say that they have definitely improved this past year was phenomenal i can't wait for 2026 because i will be at like so many games i mean i hope the final makes it to metlife that would be so lit we know it's not going to be it's going to be in la well you know we could can dream. dream we could dream so what do you who do you have next for yours my next one, uh, I'm going to one of my favorite Olympic sports. I am going with gymnastics, and mm-hmm. I am going with Carly Patterson and Nastia Lukin, uh, two of the two back to back from 2004 and 2008, 2008 uh, all around champions for the Olympics. Uh, if you, anybody's familiar with gymnastics, you know you talk about prominence at its peak with the magnificent seven with people like 
the Dominiques with Shannon Miller, with Carrie Strug and her infamous vault that's like synonymous for gymnastics for USA. Uh, you go to the year 2000 where they completely fell off and finished seventh. The team just wasn't ready. And then 2004 was the pro- beginning of USA's prominence again, being relevant to USA women's gymnastics. Nastia, Carly, Patterson, Carly. Carly Patterson was the all-around in 2004, one of my favorites. And then Nasi Lukin, uh, her training buddy at the time, but she was too young to do the year 2004 end up being old enough to be in 2008 and won it in Beijing. And they're just crushing it. Those are always one of my favorites, always admire their greatness. And yeah, I, I that's my one of my favorite sports that I watch during the Summer Olympics is the gymnastics. I always try to make sure I catch it live because uh, it's they're legit. I think I'm not even going to lie to you. I went to, they do that thing after the end of the year where mm-hmm. they like go on tour. Me and my sister went to one of those. That's awesome. I uh I I agree. Watching gymnastics is amazing. The, these girls doing what they do on the bars, on on the beams, doing the flips. Yeah. Um, my big ass can't do that. So I'm thoroughly impressed that you can. You did forget one woman in that list, Sean Johnson. Gotta throw her out there. I do love Sean Johnson as well. Gotta love me some Sean Johnson. Uh for the simple fact that she's unreal too yeah it's really funny uh because they do they were there's like during like the pandemic her and nasi lucan would get together and they would try to do like their old like gymnastic challenges and see who could like hold up and do it like it would always be like neck and neck which is crazy and they're both like at the end going why are we doing this (laughs) exactly um Um, i'll go gymnastics on mine now um I picked um, a Massachusetts girl, Allie Raisman. Um, Shout out to Allie. Not just for being part of the, whatever, I think they call themselves the Big Five um, with Gabby Douglas, Simone Biles. I cannot remember the other two. Um, Isn't Lori Hernandez in that one? I think Lori is, yeah. Are you referencing like the final five? Yeah, final five. Thank you. Um, but that's not the reason I picked her. It's not because of what she did on the mat or, you know, you know, doing what she does best for sports. It's for her having the voice afterwards and, um, leading charge, you know, with a bunch of other gymnasts against us gymnastics. And the treatment that they received, um, the sexual things that went on, um, she was part of that. She was, she was involved in that. She had that stuff happen to her and she was not quiet. Um, so she had sexual, she was sexually assaulted. Um, I give her so much credit and every other woman that from that court case and any woman that goes through that, or you know what, any man that goes through that, the standing ovation is stand up and clap for you to do, you know, to do what's right and fight for what's right. So I think that's why I picked her. She, in my mind was that voice or that 
leading drive to have this all brought up and brought to light. Beautifully said, sir. Now for my last you 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 have your last one. I am going to I might surprise you Ooh. with what I'm going to do, but do do yours first. All right. So I'm just gonna do this one because she is freaking basically a barracuda in the water. Um Katie Ledecky. <laughs> uh I besides gymnastics, I love watching the swim meets. I get so intense with them. I remember watching it with Michael Phelps and all, but I just watch every swim meet I can during the the Summer Olympics. Like literally edge of seat, like hands and knuckles, like white knuckling it, just being like, what's going on? Um Katie Ledecky came in at 17 years old and destroyed world records. Mm-hmm. And then she came back and destroyed her own world records. The girl is a phenom. It's unreal to watch her. Um, but she's so down to earth and so humble about what she's doing. Uh, so I had to throw her on there just for the respect of what she has done in the pool uh, and what she is continually doing outside of it. So, I love all right, that. what what do you got, Kev? So it's funny because I know I talked about like top five, you know, like women's athletes. Yeah, but I also thought about, you know, we talk about women in sports, and there's women that are they are doing stuff in sports. So okay. I'm going like to it. go ahead and put these two names on here. Oh yeah. So um, you know, when we talk about the sporting experience when you're watching it as a viewer, you know, you listen to the commentators, you listen to, you know, the game day announcers. And I think the two of the best that do it out there are Doris Burke and Holly Rowe. You know, they have the respect of everybody. They they do men's games, women women's games. They're some of the best at their job. Players love them whenever they get a chance to interview with them. Drake uh, loves him some Doris Burke. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it's funny because I was definitely going to had other people in mind. Like, one of my favorite people that I loved, like, you know, growing up, if you remember softball, Jenny Finch. She's oh, yeah. phenomenal. You know, I had thought I was definitely going to list Aaron Andrews on there because she got, we grew up in that era of like college football and, making sure we're, we got up early to make sure we saw Aaron Andrews and whoever she was interviewing and whatever college she was at. But when we talk about the best of the best, I think Doris Burke, when it comes to play-by-play, uh, her announcing, and then uh, Holly Rose sideline announcing uh, for teams, they, they're awesome. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they get their facts, you know, and they get the information as quick as possible and at the best time. So those are my picks right there. I like that. I like those picks right there, Kevin. Those are solid ones. Um, and you know what? We're near the end of the episode, but I say this to every single woman out there in sports, not in sports, whatever you're doing. Thank you for everything you do. I don't probably tell my wife, thank you enough. <laughs> 
We thank you, Ashley. But we thank you guys for you, gals, however you want me to say, <laughs> uh, be politically correct here. Um, we just thank you for what you do uh, and what you continue to do for everybody um, in everyday life. So thank you. That's all yeah. I got. Do we, Speaking do we... of thank yous, I'm not sure if anybody saw my reels. They were up super oh, late last night. We got. I wanted to ladies. make sure I thank all five ladies that have been on our podcast. That is Kay- Kaylee. That is Christy. That is Melissa. That is Steph. That is Lauren. Thank you guys for being willing to be guests on our podcast. We appreciated your time on here, giving us the female perspective. Merritt and I have the goal of getting more females on our show. Working so on it. We are working we're on working that. on it. So stay tuned. Uh, and just wanted to, uh, I, I, I put up those posts last night because I just thought it was really important to make sure we shouted you guys out, uh, you know, for doing what you guys do on a regular basis. Um, so thank you to you guys, uh, you know, helping out the Manly Musings pod and sharing your expertise and what y'all do means a lot. And hopefully you guys like the reels I did on y'all. If you did it, it's okay. It's fine. But yeah, that is what I got too, Merritt. Shout out to us, you know, creating this episode, literally thinking of it this morning as I was on my way to the gym. That was fantastic on your part, by the way. Um, so I had written something and I loved your idea so much more. <laughs> it was much better. Um, I love it. God, sometimes yeah, I really, so just like you, for anybody out there, I've recently started trying to wake up early in the morning to work out like Merritt does. And I have been loving it. So I'm going to try and keep these up as much as possible. But yeah, some great ideas come up whenever you're like trying to wake up for a 5 a.m. class. That is true. Well, that's all I got here. Kevin, you want to get us out of here so we can go to bed? Yeah, seriously, 9.42 on a Thursday. Sorry for the late episode. You know, sometimes as, had to get as, a, as one of my uh, co-workers had said, you know, sometimes life just be lifing. So it's, it is oh what it is. God. Um, but yeah, sometimes outro life time. just be lifing. Yeah, it it, it it's it does. It's it just be life in. Wow. So as we continue to be life in, just some things. Number one, make if you're watching this, continue to make sure you uh like our videos on the YouTube page at the Mainly Music's Podcast. If you just want to hear our voices, you can go ahead and listen to them in four different ways. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Play, and we're on Amazon Play. Uh, make sure you follow the Instagrams. Follow Merritt at his Instagram at Merritt underscore P. Follow my Instagram at KCLAVA624. Of course, of course, of course, make sure you follow the podcast Instagram at the Manly Musings Pod. And take care, y'all, and good night. Peace.